Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Ah, you know, I gotta say, I'm pretty excited. That time of year, you know, people are starting to get their houses ready for Christmas. You know, all the decor, everybody's out shopping, or you're sitting in front of your computer and you're just ordering everything online, like me. Um, but, you know, that said, unfortunately, you can't order, well, you can order a house online nowadays. In fact, more and more people are starting to use the internet. Uh, all sorts of kind of interesting things that are coming up in, in house buying, these 3D uh property tours now are starting to happen. Pretty interesting stuff where you can actually go online and you look down at the floor and all of a sudden it'll pop up saying, you know, Jab Jacoby uh, hardwood, you know, uh, three inch, whatever. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting approach over the next few years to the fact that even some people are speculating realtors will not be necessary. And I'm pretty sure a bunch of you just started to cringe if you're realtors. And of course, some of the public are saying, hey, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Anyways, got a great show plan for you this hour. We've got Phil Soper uh, joining us in a little while. He is the CEO and president of Royal LePage. Phil has been a guest here on a regular basis over the last few years, and he's going to bring us some insight about the market. We're going to talk about vacation properties, winter vacation properties, and what the market is doing with them. In fact, it's some pretty incredible stuff. We're starting to see a big push on people wanting to own vacation properties for the winter months. So interesting stuff for sure. A um, couple of things I just want to do a little housekeeping uh, right now. First and foremost, uh, you know, why not start 2019 off with a bang? Our simple seminar is coming up on January the 18th. Make sure you register. Uh, we're going to be talking about real estate, obviously, in 2019. What is going to be your options as far as investments? We're going to talk about some of the new builds that are going on out there, square footage price. Also, if you're going to be a landlord, some of the rules and regulations you're going to have to keep an eye on as we see things evolve. Of course, as I, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you'll hear me say that the government doesn't want you to have the ability to kick people out. That's right. They want to make sure that landlords keep tenants. And uh, so if you're going to be a landlord, you got to make sure you follow the rules and regulations. So that seminar is coming up January the 18th. It's a Thursday, 7 p.m. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register. And by the way, if uh, if you think Santa Claus uh, can put an investment property under the tree, it might be a little bit difficult, but we can. We can do it. We've got two great releases, and uh, you want to go and find out about those as well because we're we're running out, actually. We're almost, uh, almost complete, and uh, you can become a real estate investor, cash-flowing, guaranteed rent, and as early as uh, end of February. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, also, next week, just a reminder, we're doing our Christmas special here at News Talk 1010. We've got a two-hour uh, Simply Real Estate here, starting at 3 to 5, and I'm opening up the phone lines for the entire show. So if you have a question that you've been dying to ask me and are afraid to ask or have not emailed me, uh, we're going to be opening up the lines. And of course... Going to talk about one of my my you know I would say it's one of my hot topics and I want to know everybody's opinion on it of course and it is uh, now that the market has changed do you need a realtor and are realtors worth their commissions and this is one of the important topics that has always popped up and I want people to weigh in on it you know the pros and cons about having realtors work for you and back in 2017 when the market was seemed like it was running itself a lot of people would weigh in and say you know I don't need a realtor what about now 
uh, you know, our houses just flying off the shelves uh, based on the board stats that have come out of the Toronto Real Estate Board. Uh, they're not flying off the shelves. They're still selling. Uh, you know, we don't have nearly the same number of inventory being changed. And this year, you know, as we as we kind of creep towards the end of the year, uh, yeah, our numbers are down a lot in comparison uh, from our, our peak 2016, kind of part of 2017. Basically, 113,000 transactions uh, happened in 2016. We are now looking at a much, much lower number. Probably we're going to top out around 82,000. So, you know, that's that's a big number, 31,000 difference. So is the is the market actually... You know, is it going to get better? Well, if we take a look at the board stats that have been released, November uh, wasn't too, too bad. A uh, couple of numbers that I'm gonna bring up to everybody because I think you should probably know what's going on. But most importantly, we're looking at some uh, some increases in a couple of marketplaces, such as the Oakville Burlington area. They're up about 3% year over year. Uh, Mississauga as well, taking a look at the number, you know, it's it's pretty strong right now. Uh, 1.8% year over year in the GTA, but yet Mississauga median price is actually going up. And looking at the prices of condos, they're also, you know, we taking a look at the condo prices, they're up 8.3% year over year. So that's a pretty healthy number when we start talking about, you know, the real estate market, where is it going? Um, I don't know what everybody thought about the Bank of Canada, their little discussion this week, but it was interesting because Mr. Pelos is not quite as optimistic. Now, what's the real driving force? Well, he did cite the fact that we're looking at oil, we're struggling with the oil prices, you know, they're looking at cutting back production. We can also talk about, you know, the idea that, you know, GM closing the plant in Oshawa, again, we're talking about some, you know, economic strain being put on. They're saying, even though it's there, the number was around 2,500 people, they're saying it's gonna affect a lot more than that. So right now, it's not quite the rosy picture that they painted when they increased the interest rates just a couple of months ago. So right now it looks like they're saying, look, at, we're going to probably step back off the ledge and, you know, maybe not, uh, may not be so aggressive. So whenever we talk about the economy, I always like to have a conversation with the people that actually study it very, very intently. Uh, Benjamin Tall is uh, CIBC Deputy Chief Economist. And, you know, they, he was at a, at a meeting recently and talking about the impact on real estate. And a couple of things that I thought, um, you know, he's been a guest here before, and a couple of things that I, I, I took out of his meeting and uh, I thought was very interesting. He, he says, we're trying to normalize the abnormal. Let's face it, nobody has a clue what is happening we all are pretending this is what mr tall said what we are seeing now politically and economically simply does not make any sense and he's talking about you know what we're seeing as far as patterns and it, it, it it's above the norm right now and again you know one of the things that they're citing of course is the fact that the bank of canada you know doesn't want to overshoot the market by getting aggressive with interest rates the u.s of course you know, they've got to keep their eye on the ball. And with a lot of the world economy uh, adjusting, of course, you know, I don't know if, we, if we've if we pissed off China or not, but the reality is, is that it could have some repercussion uh, economically to us. There's all sorts of things that are happening. And so before everybody gets, you know, too bent out of shape with the idea that interest rates are going to go, you know, driving through the roof, we may see them flatten for a while. And if you, uh, if you read some of these, uh, some of these reports by some of these economists, and, and again, Mr. Tall is somebody that I would definitely take seriously. He, uh, he's right on the money most of the time with this. And ultimately, in the end, I think that we're going to see a little bit 
of a flattening of the interest rates. If our economy starts to you know, recede a little, uh, they might even pull back. Now, keep one thing in mind, though, and I want to talk to you about mortgages and nego- negotiating your interest rates. You know, right now they have a benchmark that they go to, but I think in 2019, we're going to see the banks get a little bit more aggressive with their discounts because they're going to try to start buying the market. Now, remember that number I gave a little bit earlier, we're probably looking at about 82,000 transactions out of TREB this year big, big change. And when you start talking about the idea that we're not putting as many houses through the market, not as many uh, mortgages are being changed, meaning that, you know, there's not as many people buying new, this means that the banks are going to have a pullback. And so the only way that they are going to be able to, you know, either keep their numbers or actually start to exceed their numbers is to be very aggressive with their discounts. And for you, you have the ability that you can definitely turn around and do some negotiation. So remember, don't just go to one lender, maybe go to two or three, you can play each one against each other. Uh, But before you play that card, keep in mind about the stress test, okay? Because that's the one thing I want everybody to remember. Having a stress test, uh, you have to make sure that you qualify. So a lot of times you can just roll over with your current lender and say, yes, we're just gonna renew and they won't put you under the scrutiny of the stress test. If you start bouncing around to other lenders, they will put you under the scrutiny of the stress test and you may not qualify for your existing mortgage. So before you start, again, negotiating, make sure you've covered all your bases, make sure that you do meet the new rules and regulations of what uh, they've put in, implemented back in January of this year. And uh, we'll go from there. So, you know, as I said, I'm pretty excited about this time of year, always have been uh, as realtors, you know, it's always the slowest time. But uh, one thing I can tell you is that we're actually seeing more and more uh, properties change hands at this time of year than we have in a long time, which means that the market's not at the same cycle that they used to be. And this is one of the, again, one of the things that I think the economists are struggling with because again, it doesn't make any sense, but houses are uh, are changing hands, maybe because the interest rate hike allowed people to turn around and still buy within a 120 day window. But again, we'll know the numbers and I'll make sure that I keep you up to date. As a quick reminder, again, make sure you tune in next week. Even if you're out in the car driving around, make sure you uh, you give us a call here at the station because it's got a two-hour special for Simply Real Estate, and I'm really excited about it because we're going to leave the phone lines open for the entire two hours. I want to talk to everybody about the market, uh, what's going on in real estate, maybe your take on you know uh, GM and values of properties, but more importantly, are realtors now worth their commissions? So I want you to start thinking about that this week, and so that way you can weigh in when you give me a call next weekend. Uh, and again, Saturday between 3 and 5, and uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, the rest of the year, of course, we're going to finish off strong, and uh, coming up at the, in the beginning of January, January the 18th, is our next Simple Seminar. And if you haven't been to one, uh, it's free. Sit down, have a coffee. We're going to have a great chat about real estate. Again, my favorite topic. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking about what you can do as a landlord, who makes your best tenant, some of the rules and regulations, again, that you need clarity on if you're going to own investment properties. And uh, I just want to thank everybody, actually, from the last couple of seminars that have come and met with me. It's always a pleasure to meet people of like minds and the fact that they want to get involved in investment real estate. So coming up after the break, as I mentioned a little bit, 
said earlier, I've got Phil Soper joining me. He is the CEO and president of Royal Page. So stay with us. Be right back after this. And welcome back. Um, as I mentioned just before the break, my guest joining me here in the studio, always a pleasure to have him come in and have a chat with us, is Phil Soper. He is the president and CEO of Royal LePage. And Phil, welcome back. Oh, it's great to be back. You know, one of the things I have to tell you is that I, I, I always look forward to being able to have these discussions because you're just, a, you know, and not that you're just, a you know, a fountain of knowledge, but, you know, you, you live and breathe this stuff daily. And, you know, a, a lot of a lot of the media quotes come from you, which is great because I know, you know, you and I have had this discussion. One of the things that Royal Page does, I think, exceptionally well is informing the public about real estate. And, you know, it's not just about, you know, people trying to sell somebody a, a home. It's not about a realtor trying to list or, or, or do a deal. It's actually about the education. And, you know, one of the things that we try to really work on here at the show is educating our, our listeners about real estate. So again, thank you so much for joining me today because it's always a pleasure. Well, my pleasure. And they're, they're always fascinating discussions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a lot in the news. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, gonna to start off with uh, one, of the, one of the hot topics, obviously, this week in itself. And you and I have been talking about interest rates on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, did you notice that the, um, the Bank of Canada has kind of checked up their feeling about, you know, putting some, the pressure on the interest rates? Man, it, talk about uh, changing on a, uh, on, a, on a turning direction on a dime. I actually had, for the first time, the opportunity to sit down uh, in a private conversation with the governor of the Bank of Canada the week before last. Right. And uh, while the the actual discussions are uh, not something that's allowed to be public, I can say, in general, uh, that the governor is not worried about the real estate market. He believes that the the kinds of uh, uh, shocks to the economy on trade, uh, oil prices and things uh, will work themselves out. And that in general, the overall demand for housing will continue to be strong. And we wake up this morning and uh, StatsCan releases the latest uh, data on employment and we're down to 5.6% unemployment. That's the lowest we've seen in our lives. Yeah. Uh, a massive job creation uh, a month in in the country, uh, uh, 100,000 new jobs. We are, the economy continues to fire on all uh, cylinders. Yet, at the same time, you know, we're, we're arresting Chinese executives uh, for, <laughs> for the Trump administration in Vancouver and the headlines all, all over the, the major uh, media in North America this morning uh, were about renewed uh, tension between the two largest economies in the world. So what does this all say? It says that things are good until they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as, as, as you were talking about it, I kept thinking to myself, you know, until the next shoe drops, exactly. you know, it's like, you know, everybody's in, everybody's in a kind of a sprint mode. We know that the, you know, the Bank of Canada again, you know, and, and this is this is one of the things that, you know, listening to Mr. Pelos and keeping an eye on kind of their mindset, you know, they did, you know, there was a bit of a, I think of an indicator because they, they know they're struggling with oil 
right yes. now, obviously. You know, uh, they're, they're going to start potentially restricting the number of barrels that are going to be produced. But the fact is, is that, you know, a, you know, a few years ago, if you remember, of course you did, uh, but, you know, looking at the, the oil prices when they dropped as drastically as they did, you know, Bank of Canada decided to incentivize people and saying, hey, listen, we're going to drop interest rates. Now, one of, one of the releases that I saw was that Mr. Pelosi saying, uh, you know, I don't think we're there. I don't think that's going to happen. But if anything, maybe it just takes the pressure off the idea that, you know, you know, they were indicating maybe three increases in 2019. It doesn't sound like that's the same mindset. I think, I think from the consumer's perspective, being the home buyer right now, I think that's kind of that little bree- a breath of you know relief in a right, way. Right. What, do you, what do you think? Do you, do you think that's this kind of kind of you know give give real estate a little bit of a kick that it needs? Well, I'd say the first thing we need to do as we get hyper focused on interest rates, and I know it's important that we focus on it because there there likely isn't another industry. Uh, in our country that's as interest rate sensitive sure. as, as ours. As real estate, yeah. Uh, so it is important. But at the same time, to put it in a little context, uh, I share a story, and I may have shared it with you over the years, but it's it's so appropriate right now. I was having lunch with the uh, former former CEO of Rollapage uh, uh, back some uh, uh, 40 years ago, I guess, a fellow by the name of Bill Dimma. And he shared a story with me how in uh, uh, the company has held its annual conferences for for uh, all the uh, salespeople from across the country in September for for decades. Sure. And at that September 1981 conference, he stood up and said, "If uh, to the masses, if we can just get mortgage rates down to 17 or 18 percent." We can get this market going again, <laughs> and and in August of 1981, uh, they peaked at 21 and a half percent. Right. So, look at today. Yeah, and know. you know we're worried about a 25 basis, basis point, points, a quarter I, of a percentage point. I know, but you know, and 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 I agree because you know I remember the first property I ever bought. You know, the interest rate was you know today you know you you couldn't even fathom it being that high, but yet people. You know, because we had such low interest rates for so long, they've yes. now that that to them is the norm. So, you know, it's no, interesting. Right. You know, right. I, I was talking to somebody that the other day. They said to me, "Hey, Todd, you know, do I go variable or fixed?" And I said, "Well, what's your variable rate?" Well, yeah, you know, it's gone way up. I said, "Well, what's your variable rate that you've got?" They said three percent, and I said, "Okay," and I said, "So you were used to the two point two five, yeah?" And it's like all right. of a sudden, it's like, yeah. you know, the world is coming to an end. <laughs> Yeah, because sure. of, of that number. And it's because people, I think, have also pushed their limits a little bit too far. Yeah. Well, and one other, one other data point, if you will, that gives me comfort that we're not heading into an era of interest rates that are much higher than we are today. The Federal Reserve in the United States made the statement recently that uh, the current rates were just below neutral right so the market interpreted this rightfully so as saying we're almost to where they want to be right so we're moving from stimulus emergency rates to try to get the economy going into neutral and then if inflation really raises its ugly head we move the other way and we go above neutral to try to actually put the brakes on so we're almost at neutral is is the message now uh 
our uh, the governor of Bank of Canada has has made it quite clear that Canadian monetary policy is independent from the United States. Sure. However, they're they're also working on the same global problems with oil prices and employment and housing housing uh, shortages. So immigration, they're they're the same problem. So I don't think we're far off neutral either. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Phil, I'm going to ask you to stay put, uh, sure. folks. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break, but when we come back, I've got more with Phil Soper. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Phil Soper. He's joining me here in studio, and he is the president and CEO of Royal LePage. You've heard him out here on the show numerous times. Always a pleasure to have him here. Also, by the way, if you missed our uh, the beginning of the show, go to our uh, go to our SoundCloud account on News Talk 1010. You want to click on that because you uh, you don't want to miss some of the conversation that I'm having here with Phil. And uh, Phil, you know, just before the break, you and I were talking about obviously Bank of Canada. You know, uh, taking a look at interest rates. You know how how uber sensitive people are to just even a quarter point change. It just you know it, it's that chicken little effect. The sky is falling. You know uh, immediately when you see something push up. And but if we take a look at the overall interest rates, you know, and and I know a lot of people. I think they're getting tired of some of us older folks saying, yeah, but in the our in the day, day, you know, 12, 15, 19 percent interest rates. You know, people can't even fathom that. The importance that. Uh, monetary policy plays in a modern economy really does come down to inflation. The other thing that millennials, people who have never seen double-digit bank rates, don't understand is just how devastating inflation can be to to individual Canadians, not just the, the economy or businesses. It's impossible, for example, to... Uh, accumulate any real savings for your kid's education or for retirement. If uh, inflation is is above 10%, you're not getting 10% raises every year. And yeah. so you're, without doing anything, without doing anything, you're behind. And, and, and in countries where inflation really gets out of hand, you think of South American countries uh, where the... Uh, Currency keeps getting reset, repegged, repegged, sure. repegged. Uh, the entire fabric of how how governments work and how how the economy works uh, comes crumbling down. So this is why governments and institutions like the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve in the United States spend so much time focused on it. It's for our own good. Yeah, and uh, I I uh, applaud their efforts. They they've done a wonderful job. Uh, particularly in Canada over the last 20 years of uh, keeping us in the sweet spot. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that, uh, again, always catching some of the articles, sometimes I, you know, nothing against some of the media articles, sometimes they get a little aggressive. I think there's, I'm not going to call it fear mongering, but, you know, one of the, one of the articles I saw come across my desk this week was the fact that, you know, more and more retirees are going into debt to help their millennial children right. buy properties. And, you know, you and I've talked about affordability before here on the show. And, you know, the truth, truth be told, um, I think, I think people have to recognize the price point where real estate sits today in Canada is the real value you know i i don't see i don't see a major a major correction and we have to we have to realize what a world-class country slash cities that Mm -hmm. we have here 
their true value is. And I, I think that, you know, other than the, the kind of that little crazy, uh, you know, increase that you and I saw, you know, come 2017, yep. beginning of the year, you know, that was out of control. But now that we've settled back into the market, I think this is the true norm. I don't really see it as being a major adjustment. So now we have to look at the fact that, so how do we how do we help the next generations get into real estate and taking on debt or utilizing some of their current equity is what we're seeing of parents, retirees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you see this is gonna shape the real estate market? Well, markets aren't even. Over, we know over the last 75 years, uh, housing in Canada has appreciated at approximately 5% per year. That's the long, long-term yep, average. Sure. A little bit more than inflation, and people say, how is that you know, possible? And it, it's simply because people like to live together. Right. And so they all gather in cities, and they bid up the value of property uh, in, the, in the clusters yep. around the cities. Sure. So it's a little bit above inflation. Occasionally... Uh, due to external circumstances, in this case, hyper low interest rates uh, and a recovering economy and high high uh, population growth rate through both birth rate and immigration, sure. Canada Canada expanded rapidly the, uh, the, the 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 demand for housing and we overshot. Sure. So if you look in particularly in our biggest cities, in Toronto and Vancouver. Uh, over recent years, we there was irrational exuberance in the market, and now we're in the midst of a correction. So we're underneath that five percent. Yep. And uh, those young people you're talking about are getting that opportunity to actually find a route into market. It still seems like a huge hurdle to uh, get the money for a down payment. So parents are helping at a greater extent than before. But a lot of people don't help help from their parents, and they're still getting into housing. If we look at the numbers, uh, the, our first-time home buyers still represent 35 40% of all transactions in the market. And those are people 34 years and under. Yeah. You know, uh, interestingly, when, when you mentioned about, you know, obviously the, the, the high immigration, you know, the expansion of the, the overall population, but one of our, of course, one of our struggles right now is keeping up with construction. The, yep. the, the and, and, you know, you and I have had this conversation. We can still say there is a lack of inventory. Like, that's a reality. And I don't think that there's, there's, there's no quick solution to this problem. And uh, on top of that, I think that this will always keep a little bit of pressure on prices. So, you know, uh, the, the 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 new f- new buyers that are coming into the marketplace, and and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to say it too exact where it's you know um, saying it's just the millennials because sure. there's a lot of people you know as you said new immigrants coming in everybody that's looking for a property for their first time, you know it's it's more and more a struggle because you know prices are going up but this is the new norm and I think it's not going to really I don't think it can adjust because the reality is is that you know supply and demand is always an issue. And I think unless unless Canada says we're not open for business anymore for for new immigration or you know not increasing our population, I think that the idea of prices returning to twenty you know twenty twelve twenty thirteen twenty fourteen, I think those days are gone. Yeah. Well, home prices in a normal economy that's not in recession, uh, that isn't been had an industry abandoned like 
that which happened to, say, Detroit right. in the uh, 2000s, the home prices don't go down, either do prices in general. This is the nature of, of uh, unless there's some, some technological innovation that sure. makes the uh, production of something cheaper, you know, wages and salaries creep up over time sure. and home prices will grow over time. So one should never expect home prices to go back to a time in the and, past, unless there is a horrible economic right. recession or something, yep. which no one wants, because then you can't buy a house anyways. You don't have a job. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and that's, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to convey to our, to our listeners is that, you know, Prices, unless unless we have a, like a like you said a recession or a huge change, and and unfortunately the GTA is not driven by one one source. You no, know, it's a you know, really like, balanced economy. Yeah. So when, when when we talk about Alberta, one of the reasons why they had a, a major adjustment, of course, was oil. You know, we, exactly. we we saw that economy because it's so specific to one one supplier of labor. Yep. You know, Newfoundland as well. Exactly. So we've got we've got a diverse. You know, we've got such a so. Much much diversity in the GTA market, you know, for those people hanging on, kind of, you know, waiting for that change, I, I think they're going to have to wait forever. Delta Dawn. Okay, I'm really dating myself. <laughs> What's that flower you got on? Yeah. They, uh, sitting at the train waiting for uh, your ship to come. In. Yeah. The, 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 what you want is you want home prices to be steady enough to rise at a small enough price that people can get on that train yep. that they can find a way to get on. and once you're once you're in once you're a homeowner even if it's a home that's not in the neighborhood you were looking for originally it's farther away from the core uh even if it's smaller than you were looking for even if it's not a white picket fence it's a white condo uh, siding yeah uh, once you're in you have something to build with and then you'll have a lifetime of home ownership and this is this is what happens to the majority of Canadians. Our home ownership rate is about 70%. Right. And our research shows uh, millennials, about 86% of them would like to own a home. Now, we know not everybody that wants everything in life gets it, but sure. most of them will. And we will continue to have most Canadians owning their homes. Part of the challenge uh, right now for housing in this country is household formation is at a high rate because the economy is going so well. Everybody's working like 5%. 0.6% unemployment is really, really low. Yep. Uh, and we have extremely low rental vacancy rates. So it's not like rent is an alternative. People need to put a roof over their heads. And it, they will figure out a way to do it because, yeah. because people are driven to live where they want to live. Yep. Excellent. Um, I'm going to have you hang on just for a minute, folks. When we come back, I've got more with Phil Soper. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in this hour, uh, I have Phil Soper here. He is the president and CEO of Royal LePage. And um, as I always tell uh, everyone, just make sure you catch the entire show. If you don't, go to our um, our SoundCloud account at News Talk 1010 and click on it. Uh, you want to hear this conversation that Phil and I are having. Uh, Phil has always been a great guest and able to share with us a lot of 
data and a lot of research that goes into understanding the real estate market here in Canada. And Royal LePage is second to none in that department in being able to analyze it and, and conveying it to the consumers. And so it's always a pleasure to have Phil here. Phil, just before the break, you and I were obviously talking about you know things such as inventory, uh, what, what we would now call the new norm for pricing. Um, you know, I've always been a, an advocate of, of people owning real estate either for their own primary residence or as an investment. Yep. I think it's a little bit tougher right now if you want to be a real estate investor based on the value if we're talking about the GTA. You know, a lot of a lot of things have been made of it's a speculative market. People are hoping that values will continue to go up. This is where we're seeing the huge number of people actually buying the condominiums with the, you know, the five-year wait, you know. And yeah. and one, one of the things I always like to, to caution people is that, you know, life happens. And the idea that you're putting your eggs in a basket for the next five years, waiting for that closing, um, you know, hopefully the builder does close, but hopefully your situation does not change. Because a lot of people, you know, they kind of forget, um, you know, I, I was talking to an investor and they said to me, uh, you know, Todd, you know, I was waiting for, for an investment property to close. I went out and I bought a car and I went to go get the mortgage for the investment property. And now they say I can't qualify. So I think, I think that whole mindset needs to shift as well that, you know, we've got that stress test that was implemented, you know, in the beginning of the year, there's a lot more factors. You know, I think that people have to, you know, really give it that thought when they're looking at that that long that lo that long term projection. There is a, a big role to be played, particularly in Ontario, for individual investors uh, into residential real estate to provide rental accommodation for our citizens. It, it's with rent controls uh, imposed at at uh, the provincial level a few years ago, which was poor policy, honestly, we have fewer uh, purpose-built, large-scale rental uh, accommodation. And so it's it kind of up to uh, individual investors. The good news is, while you're not going to make the kind of money you could if you got lucky during that, say, the 24-month period there, where home prices were rising at 20% or higher, the the long-term prognosis for home price appreciation in the GTA and other major cities in Canada is positive. So if you if you purchase a property at an appropriate price, if you're a good landlord and you keep the property rented, you'll earn a reasonable return. Call it a, an alternative to an RSP, if you yeah. will. Not that you shouldn't have your RSP. Yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. The, uh, so I, 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 I do think it's important and people... People shouldn't look at the returns uh, as a real estate investor at being a, a, a quick win. We're not talking about penny stocks here. Yep. We're talking about real property. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the difference between a real estate speculator and a real estate investor, I always say real estate investors create wealth long term. Real estate speculators are going to pay capital gains. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the, the, the only way that they're going to come out. Uh, but just a couple of comments, uh, you know, things going on in the news. <laughs> Uh, this week also Canada's winter wonderlands. You were talking about vacation properties. Uh, That's true. Seems like there's a little bit of a kick in that that direction. It is. Uh, we've seen in our major recreational markets, uh, Whistler, uh, Canmore, Banff, uh, uh, Collingwood, uh, the Muskoka areas, uh, Trumplong. Yeah. We've seen a real uptick. I think it has to do with the wealth in in citizenry. I think it has to do with, uh, uh, call it a, 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 a 
an appropriate discount for American investors in recreational properties. So sure. they're they're seeing like a you know twenty five thirty percent discount with their currency. Yep. So we we do have a significant number of American purchasers, although it's it's often overplayed in terms of its numbers. Yeah, I was going to say Canadian. you know, <laughs> yeah. like if, if you look at if you look at the uh, Collingwood area or the Whistler area, big yeah. international areas, particularly Whistler, almost all of our purchases in the region come from Vancouver. Right. And they come from Toronto. Sure. But there is, a, you know, that significant small number that comes from America and some even from overseas. Uh, yeah, so we're seeing, we're seeing a real uptick in interest and therefore prices, and it's the first time in a number of years. So it's, it's a luxury. It's a discretionary purchase, recreational property. It's not like, you know, food, clothing, and shelter. It's, it's more like a Ferrari, well, maybe not Ferraris, like a convertible on the <laughs> There Anna. we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other things. Uh, Vancouver, not quite the darling that it was. Uh, you know, market, the market's uh, going, uh, going backwards on that. Yeah. Both Vancouver and Toronto, a lot of focus on home prices. And, of course, home prices have been rising since the mid-year in Toronto, marginally, yep. marginally, but volumes are still down. If yeah. you look at uh, the number of homes trading hands, uh, I think they're down about 14% now, not, not as bad as they were. Vancouver's even tougher. It's uh, it's uh, you know closer to 20% down in volumes, and, and home prices are, are soft there. Long-term, not even long-term, medium-term, both cities, uh, the prognosis is really... Uh, positive. The economy in Vancouver, a much smaller city than Toronto. People don't realize that it's it's only about oh, 35% uh, of the economic area. Sure. Uh, but it is it is a booming part of the world to live in nonetheless, very close to the activity you see in Oregon, California. So there's a lot of north-south uh, IT, <coughs> new economy, uh, things happening in British Columbia in the lower mainland. So I'm not worried about Vancouver. Yeah, excellent. Um, Toronto versus Montreal. Montreal, uh, you know, it was interesting because looking at the numbers, you know, if you take your, your average condo, you know, let's say even if your average property is seven eight $800,000 in Toronto, Montreal's less than half that. Yep. Uh, you know, they have not implemented a foreign buyer tax yet. I think everybody's kind of holding their breath saying, okay, are they going to do it? You know, how far are they going to let the prices ride up? Um, so is, if you're, a, if you're a real estate investor or for that matter, if you want to be a homeowner, you know, Montreal seems like a good deal right now. It is. It's it's a little challenging. We're we're highly invested in Quebec as a company. You know, we're a hundred five year old Canadian company, so not being in Quebec is uh, is, is a non starter. But we run our big role, role la page, as we call it, business. <laughs> we also run, run uh, Proprio Direct and Via Capital. So three big real estate companies, all. You know, Under your umbrella. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of uh, uh, practitioners in the field. Sure. We we know Quebec, and they are on a on a multi generational high right now. It's probably the best state the economy's been in in half a century. The unemployment rate there is actually lower than it is in Ontario, which has not happened in our lifetime. Right. So, but of course, uh, and the la the last government. Um, ran budgetary surpluses, they drove the unemployment rate down. So of course the citizenry threw them out of office. So, <laughs> so the, if so, it works, get rid of them. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, so who knows what the new government has in store? 
but it's been a few months now and nothing negative has happened. So I, I, I think Montreal is, is a good long-term prospect. If you look at the opportunity to redevelop a waterfront, sure. riverfront in yep. the case, right, on the yep. St. Lawrence, it is an island. The, the, yep. the, the entry level, the point where you can get into a loft, a redeveloped warehouse, it's yep. much lower than in, uh, in, in Toronto, half the price and a third the price of Vancouver. Yep. But the laws are differently. Even even the legal system is different. Yep. Uh, there is language uh, that you have to be aware of. Even even if the business people you're dealing with are, are comfortable in English, when you're there, the conversations are in French, and you if you don't speak French, you'll have have challenges. So, it's 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 a little more work, which is why a lot of the big American real estate companies they, they don't even. Yeah, they don't even dare. Yeah, 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 it's amazing, you know. And and again, when we start talking values right across Canada, you know, we we definitely have diverse markets. Um, just a, a quick question: What do you think twenty nineteen is going to look like? It will be a, a continuation of the second half of two thousand and eighteen. I, I I see no pops. I see no leaps in uh, uh, home prices. Uh, our expectations, and we'll be releasing our our uh, forecast for the year formal forecast uh, shortly. The is it's for low single digit uh, price increases in our major cities. Uh, some changes, some some shifts, some mid year two thousand nineteen shifts, but in general, uh, the correction from the overshooting of two thousand and fifteen to seventeen. Uh, needs another uh, six months to 12 months to work its way out. Okay. Um, so if, you, if, if we're going to, if we're going to say, you know, uh, we're probably looking at GTA about 82,000 transactions, it would it be safe to assume maybe, you know, add five or 6% to, to year 2019? In, in transactional volume, it may even be closer to flat. Right. The uh, could creep up a little bit. I think we'll see home prices start to rise again right. because we we can't control household formation. We can't control people that are graduating or have graduated from school and they have a good job. They've uh, formed a family. They need a new place to live. We can't. The new Canadians that are coming, forty uh, percent of them land in the GTA. In sure. the, that in the whole country. Yep. And uh, we have interprovincial migration. Toronto and Vancouver are the only two cities in the country that are growing by the, the relocation of Canadians yeah, to new cities. Yeah. And uh, all three of those variables will put pressure on our housing. And, and so prices should ease up. But I don't think they'll rise at the at anywhere near the pace we, we saw during the... Uh, the irrational big push. Years. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you put that. Listen, Phil, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And I want to wish you and your family all the best for the holidays and a good start to 2019. And we'll definitely have to have you come back. You're a good man. And thanks for the uh, stimulating conversation. Always. <laughs> always a pleasure. Folks, that was Phil Soper. He is the president and CEO at Royal LePage. And uh, that's a wrap for this week. Uh, always a pleasure to have somebody like Phil come on and join us. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ian and Andre, they always keep it simple for me. Um, remember, next week, 
you can call in with your question. We're going to a two-hour special, three to five. That's right. And uh, get your question ready for me because I want to. I want to talk to you. I want to be able to, you know, kind of a year-end special. We're going to let everybody have their 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 peace of mind be said. And um, but I do want to thank you for tuning in this week. And remember, I'm back next Saturday, 3 p.m. I'm your host Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.